Hello, all of my Be In Demand listeners. Today, I, we're going to be talking about PR and visibility and other ways to get seen by your ideal audience. As a matter of fact, I brought on Lisa Simone Richards, and she is a PR and visibility strategist for online coaches who want to get seen everywhere. So let's just dive right in. You're listening to Be In Demand, the podcast for honest advice, inspiring stories, and ideas for growing your business by leveraging the expert that you are. I'm your host, Lorian Mirabito, business mentor, and I'm also a reformed, painfully shy girl, red wine lover, and exercise enthusiast. Join me as I share how being positioned as the expert in your industry, even if it's a busy one, will help you stand out and be the one in demand to hire and work with. All right, Miss Lisa, I got a question before we dive into all things PR and have you share with our audience. It's just a, a warm-up question. What are you super proud of? Ooh, that's a great one. I love that. What am I super proud of? And it's taking me a, a second to reflect because one thing I was sharing with you before we turn on the recording is that I'm the person who's always looking at the gap. What was the distance between the A and the A plus? So thank you for this moment for me to acknowledge myself. Um, one thing I am super proud of is my growth as a CEO over the last year. Um, I will just start out by being super vulnerable and putting it out there that even though I've been running my own business for the last six-ish years, like I'm only, only in the last year really getting intimate with PNLs and understanding state and I worked with a money coach on both, both my business life and my personal life. So when I look at the evolution over the last like yearish or so, I'm super, super proud of that. Good for you. I love that. And for those people who are just listening to this, I think you need to jump onto the YouTube because I totally have hair envy with this woman. <laughs> she has the most gorgeous, gorgeous hair. And if you didn't notice it from the, uh, the, the graphic, <laughs> definitely hop onto, uh, hop onto uh, YouTube and check, check out her beautiful hair. But here's another question for you. What habit could you not live without? Ooh, you know what habit I couldn't live without? A lot of people, you know, I, my morning routine, I'm going to totally say my morning routine. Here's What's another one, fun yeah. story because I'm the person who like, you, I just say way too much as for someone who's gotten to know me in the last handful of minutes. So um, I got married last September. My husband and I have been married for six months. We celebrated last weekend, love him to pieces. And we still have yet to move in with one another. We are so set in our ways and we're looking forward to moving in with each other probably in the next two months or so. But I always notice when he sleeps over, I'm like... <laughs> But I'm up at 6.30 and I get my workout and it's nine and he's still in bed and I need to be quiet and respectful. So um, yeah, my morning routine is something that just so grounds me and centers me for the day to come. You know, I just check my agenda from the night before, get my big mason jar of water, get my workout in and check in with my accountability partner before 9 a.m. It's like, okay, and we can do things now. And one of the biggest parts of my morning routine is tidying up. I will make my bed three times a day. It just always has to be pristine. Yeah. I, all right. I, fun fact about me. I love making a bed and vacuuming. Those are two things that like, that just makes a house an apartment. Just like, you don't have to do any other cleaning. If you do like those two things, you know, the place looks stunning. <laughs> <laughs> 
So let's let, let's just dive in. So Lisa sent me this beautiful, beautiful pitch, one of the nicest pitches to be on my podcast that I have ever received. And I just had to have her on. So we're just going to talk all things, you know, like PR. So quick question that I'm super curious about is like, so what's a healthy, a healthy media mix and why do people need one? Okay. So this is another fun story involving my husband. His name's Steve. Um, we love to play in the kitchen together. We love to cook and experiment. We got a ton of cookware for the wedding and we were talking about what our favorite pieces are this weekend. So one of the recipes that we do maybe every six weeks or so is this delicious Thai red curry. Don't need to go to a restaurant every more and in, anymore for it, but because we make it so infrequently, I have to check back in on how to do it. So for me, I love YouTube. I watch the recipe on TV. I pause it. I do it. I pause it. I do it. My husband, on the other hand, is like, we've listened to this lady talk about her Thai red curry six times now. Is there a blog post that we can read? So here's where a healthy media mix comes in. Everybody likes to consume content differently and your ideal client has their preferred way of consuming content. So I really encourage you to make sure that you're reaching your ideal client in the way they want to consume it, whether they want to watch content, whether they want to listen to it, or whether they want to read it. Those are the three elements of having a healthy media mix. So no matter how they like to get the content, they're able to digest it. So for my husband, he wants to read the post. For me, I want to watch the YouTube. Your client's doing the same thing. That is so true. And, you know, you know, people are visual learners, auditory learners, kinesthetic learners. And when I teach, you know, like with working with clients about crafting a signature speech, you have to sort of address all of that. You know, there's a reason, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't have PowerPoint. No, but there's, you have visual learners in your audience. So to have something visual that they can sort of peek at, to get what they're hearing, absolutely having that variety is so, so critical. And but, in, in so, addition to having a healthy media mix, sorry, and you know, based on how people like to consume content, another thing that I like to remind individuals is before we ever take out a credit card to enroll in a program, work with a coach, we're going to Google the person. We do our research. So how powerful is it that you're not just showing up on your own platform, but you're showing up as a contributor to a website, or maybe you've written a guest blog post somewhere. You're showing up having been on somebody's podcast, and maybe you're on the local news, or you did a Facebook Live on somebody else's platform. So now you're getting this social proof for your client who's doing their research and they're like, okay, this person's shown up in enough places that it really does cement their expert status, their authority, their credibility. This is a conversation going on in the back of their mind and it helps them feel all the more confident taking that next step with you. And even if you're someone who prices premium, you've done enough authority and brand building that you can do that. And that they're like, you know what? I am willing to pay extra to work with this person because they're obviously a leader in the industry. Right. Exactly. So I'm curious because I get this question all the time. When should somebody start using this sort of PR to get that expert staff? I mean, like, what do you tell the person, the coach, the consultant that's like, I just got started. Like, I just got my LLC paperwork in, you know, I like, I don't even, I have one client. Like, what do you tell that person? The one thing that I always harp in on is you can't be the best kept secret 
and have a successful growing business. You can be the most incredible person at what you do, but if no one knows that you exist, how is your business going to grow? So whether you are just brand new out of coaching school, and maybe you haven't even filled in for that LLC paper yet, or even if you've been doing this for 20 years and you have a loyal, dedicated following, you constantly need to be getting visibility and exposure in front of new business to be able to grow. If you're brand new and hot off the press and you're like, I don't have anything to share. I literally just graduated from coaching school. Fantastic. You have the cutting edge strategies, the newest practices, a fresh perspective. If you've been in the industry for 20 years, wonderful. You know the tried, tested, and true. You know what trends are versus what has longevity. Wherever you are, it makes sense for you to be seen. I definitely remember when I launched my first online course in 2016, um, I had gotten my tax return and I gave the entire thing to someone in marketing and branding. And she did a beautiful job with my website and my course. It looked super pro and I opened doors and nobody bought. And you know why that was? who was buying it? I had no buyers. The thing that I have been doing for people my entire career, I neglected to do for myself. So when I started getting featured on podcasts, collaborating with other partners, doing JV affiliates and whatnot, and getting my name out there, then all of a sudden people knew who I was. And with the right message, I wasn't just getting followers. I was getting qualified leads, people who had a a problem that my my solution solved. So that's what made them attracted to me and then propelled the business. One of my favorite clients that I've worked with. Her name is Marta. She's kind of the inverse of most people. She came and she was like, I don't even know what I want to do as a coach. I I don't know if I want to do workshops, be a speaker, but I do know that I want to start getting my message out there, figuring out what that is and practicing it. And I was like, okay, this isn't the typical order of things, but let's play this. And she started getting featured on uh, the local morning show. She started doing radio and through those conversations and dialogues with other people, she started realizing, you know, this is the kind of thing that lights me up this less so. And she ended up deciding, you know what? I love hosting workshops. She ended up becoming an author. She created her own podcast all because she started doing the visibility work first. And when she had her first workshop in person, guess what? The local TV show host was one of the panelists. The local radio host was one of the panelists. And guess what that did? It helped sell tickets. So if she had put the cart before the horse, she would have hosted a workshop and who would have come. But because she was getting visible, now she was able to bring in an audience and have people to make an offer to. And that's such a great story about, you know, messy imperfection, not trying to have it all figured out. What I really like about about her, about your client is that she just like, I'm just going to take a step. And, and, and like, I'm not worried about the other three or four steps after that. I'm just worried about like, let me just do this one thing. And she's doing the exact same thing that, um, that I tell a lot of clients also is like, just get out there and start talking. You'll figure out what, like, this is what I love to talk about. And then you're going to actually, like, if, if you do it as a Facebook live or like an Instagram live, or even on LinkedIn, you're going to get feedback you'll be able to just like look at your stats and look at like how many, like this particular live had so many comments and so many likes that this was like my audience, like it resonates with my audience and does it resonate with me? Great. Let's take a step in that direction a little bit more. That's really beautiful. I love in-person workshops too. 
Oh man, I was just thinking, actually, you know, it's funny as we were getting onto this call, I was listening to your most recent episode about growing your email list using speaking. And I was like, I remember 2019, I think I stepped on like six or nine stages that year and I haven't done a single one since. And now I'm like, kind of feel my hunger for doing that coming back again. We may have to look at some stages for 2023 potentially. That's right. They're all coming back. My husband's at, actually out in Vegas at a show, uh, work in a booth. And he just like goes, he's, he's like, he goes, Lorianne, he's like, he goes, every, every business owner that owns, has a booth has to get up and speak for five minutes. He's like, he goes, it's kind of sad. <laughs> mm. Yeah. You know, just learning to communicate with confidence, you know, like we all make opinions, you know, based on like what we're seeing, what we're hearing. But I got a question that I probably should have asked you at first is how the hell did you get into this? Oh my gosh. Uh, fun story. I can remember two significant moments in my life that got me into PR and visibility. Uh, the first was when I was somewhere around 11 or 12 years old and I had a subscription to Teen People magazine and I had discovered the letters to the editor section. And I thought to myself, how cool is it that you can write a letter, mail it, and then you're going to see it in print. And so I didn't understand that necessarily not everyone got into, got ended up, bleh, ended up in print, sorry, but I took a chance. I remember I was in Girl Guides at the time and we'd done a session on here's how you properly write a letter and how you address an envelope and how you do the stamp. Um, and I knew where mom had the stamps in the back of her wallet. So I wrote a letter to the editor, submitted it. And three or four months later, when the magazine came home, um, I'll always remember it's imprinted in my brain. It had a turquoise background with Jonathan Taylor Thomas from Home Improvement on the cover. He was wearing a red t-shirt and I flipped a few pages in and I saw the letter, to my letter to the editor and my name. And I was like, that is so cool. So that was one of the first moments I got hooked on the idea of visibility in some shape or form, not really knowing what PR was just yet. Um, the next thing was when I was 18 years old, I was off at Western University for my first year, so fun living away from home. And I had gone for lunch with a girl who's in my sorority. She was in fourth year and getting ready to graduate. And she shared with me after finishing at Western, she was going to do a one-year PR certificate at Humber College. And this is 2002. Sex in the City was in its heyday. Samantha Jones, if for anyone who's a fan of the show, made PR look so cool. It was fashion, beauty, parties, exclusive access. And I was like, yeah, and I'm totally into that. So I spent four years soaking up everything I could about PR as an undergrad. So I was on University Students Council um, Communications Committee, ended up being VP Communications for my sorority. I remember doing communications for Infusionsoft, the volunteer charity fashion show. And then I spent that year at Humber College, just like Lindsay did. And I ended up spending, I think, a year or two in fashion and beauty. So I work fashion shows. I work with beauty brands. I live that Devil Wears Prada lifestyle at a magazine. Um, um, then I ended up going into agency where some of our brands we worked on included Staples, Virgin Mobile, and Crayola. Mm -hmm. So really big brands got to meet Richard Branson and fly Virgin Airlines to San Francisco. Um, and what else happened after that? I worked in fitness for four years, which was so fun. We had, I think, un 10 employees under 30 years old making $4 million a year. Like we had a lot of fun at that job, including I trips bet. to Hawaii and Puerto Rico. And really fast forward to 2015, what I was seeing is this was when a lot of people were leaving their safe nine to five jobs because they had something they were passionate, passionate about. They wanted to get into the world, whether it was starting their own Pilates studio, going into coaching, having an independent practice. People were leaving their safe nine to five jobs, their high five, six, maybe even multi six figure salaries to take a chance on themselves. And like I was saying at the beginning of our conversation, you can be the best at what you do, but if people don't know that you exist, they can't work with you. And it broke my heart to see all these entrepreneurs who were really good at what they did, 
but they didn't know how to market. They weren't marketers. They couldn't go to an agency like the one that I used to work at because they'd be like, oh yeah, sure. We can represent you. It's $10,000 a month. It's a 12 month contract. Just sign here and we can get started. It wasn't accessible to them. So I started off having my own PR agency where I would do shorter and more affordable um, retainers. And then it evolved into, you know what? I can teach someone how to do this in six months. And now what I love to do is share with my clients, here's how you figure out the right place to be seen. Here's how you figure out the person you need to know. Here's how you come up with a good message. And then after six months of working with me, my clients are booking their dream stages. They're booking television segments. They're doing four or five podcast interviews a month from never having been featured at all. One of my clients just got paid to write an article for Reader's Digest. How cool is that? So I love showing people it is so much easier than you think to get access to these platforms. And one thing that actually really made me fall in love with you is listening to your um, podcast where you shared um, leveraging OPA, other people's audiences. I'm in Ontario. So our Ontario Provincial Police is OPP. So I always say leveraging OPP, other people's platforms. Nice. Nice. We're going to have to talk more. I can see, (laughs) (laughs) I can see some collaboration here. So many synergies. I know. I know. And I love the fact that, you know, like so many people have like really just have bet on themselves and by betting on themselves, you know, like really going all in and like, and working with you and realizing like there's this advantage to using OPP and OPA, you know, and just getting seen. And you know, like when you're on TV, when you're in a magazine, when you're on the stage, you know, you're positioned as the expert. You know, I love to ask um, audiences, uh, you know, like, I'll just say like, hey, like if, and and I typically will say health coaches, because everybody knows at least five or six health coaches, you know, in their, in their little, their little circle. Like if there was a health coach that was sitting next to you at an event and one that was in the front of the room, who are you going to hire? And 99% of the time, people always say the person in the front of the room. It's like the 1% is the wise ass who says, yeah, I'll just hire the person that's next to me. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Because you're positioned as the expert. You're sharing to the masses. It's like you stole a story right out of my head because I often say, you know, as a conference junkie and someone who loves to attend them as well as speak at them, I always say, you know, but how do you look at the person who's speaking on stage versus the person who's sitting beside you? be the person on stage because there's a certain level of authority, expertise, status that you command as the person who's leading that room. You've been chosen. You have been selected to present. And the person beside you in the chair beside you might know more than the person on stage, but that positioning is what shifts the perspective that everybody have has of the audience member versus the speaker. It's like walking into your doctor's office. First time you meet the doctor, but he's got the white jacket And he commands that he's already an authority figure and he Mm -hmm. commands that attention. Yeah. So really similar. Um, I think you told me earlier about something about ABCs of visibility. I think we need to dive into that. Well, one of the funny things is when people come to me asking for visibility, uh, often I get, Lisa, I want to be in Forbes. Lisa, I would love to be on Oprah. And I always dial it back. I'm like, what is the intention? 
Let's start with that. What is the purpose of getting visibility? Because based on that intention, that's going to shift what makes sense. So I encourage people to begin with the ABCs of visibility, understanding their point in getting visibility and what the end goal is. So are you looking for A, which stands for awareness? This is when you need your ideal client to know that you actually exist. This is a person who has the potential to take out their credit card and do engage in a transaction with you to work with you. So this is building that brand awareness, letting those ideal people know that you're out there. Um, You could be looking to build B, which stands for buzz. Um, My husband and I just went to go see uh, the Batman. I'm not a huge movie person, but we saw the Batman and it is everywhere. You know, the actors are on YouTube. They're on entertainment tonight. They're on the cover of magazines. Somebody's in a breakup. Somebody's in a new relationship. Uh, The soundtrack's all over the place. Like you, you can't get away from it. There are billboards. It's hitting you all over the head until you're eventually like, you know, movie, we should see the Batman. So if you have a program, coming up, if you have a launch coming up, you want to generate buzz. Imagine if you had even a book coming out, if you spent the month before getting on 10 different podcasts and one or two TV shows, people who are interested in your content are going to start seeing you all over the place. And it's like, okay, who is this person? And what is this thing? Because I keep hearing about it. So A is awareness. B is buzz and C stands for credibility. So credibility typically comes when you have a little more, um, you know, you're not in that stage where you're necessarily looking for your first client. You're all, things are already going well. Now it's like, okay, I want to be that person who's speaking on stage like we were talking about. Um, you think about the mentors whose courses you've bought, the gurus who you've looked up to. Now you want your name said in those sentences as well. So this is when you can be looking to build credibility in your business. Um, a really great distinction and a story that I can share is rem- I remember being on an enrollment call with a copywriter, copywriter sorry, last May. <clears throat> And she was relatively new. She works with online coaches who are looking to create their first sales page, build that first funnel. And she had said to me, Lisa, I would love to be on this podcast called, I'm going to make up the name here because I can't remember it, but let's say it was called the copy chat. Lisa, I would love to be on the copy chat. Um, All the people I look up to have been on there. They dive really deep into copywriting and I'd love to showcase my expertise. And I had to share with her your ideal client, the person who's just getting started an online business, who's just working on that first sales funnel and that page, they're probably not going so deep on a copy podcast because that means they have to be doing it for sales and marketing and accounting and all these different areas. They're probably listening to more general podcasts about starting an online business, getting that first offer out there. So why not position you on those shows where you stand out as the expert in copywriting versus being in this pool where everybody's a copywriter and it's not even your ideal client paying attention. If you had said to me, my goal is to, you know, really create thought leadership in the industry, we could go that route. But if you do that, it's a disconnect from your goal. So really being clear on if you're building awareness, buzz, or credibility, if that's the purpose, is going to help understand what's the right visibility platform for me. I, here's what I just love about what you said, is having the goal, <clears throat> is knowing what your goal is and sticking to your goal. You know, in the speaking world, you know, everybody says, you know, it's it's all about the audience. It's all about the audience. You know, whether that's an an in-person event, you know, magazine article audience, a podcast audience. I always tell people like my clients, like, what's your goal for speaking there? And that's exactly what you were just talking about and is sticking with your goal. Cause otherwise you're just talking to the wrong people. 
and give and t- giving the wrong information. And then that's when people like put, throw their hands up in the air and they say, this doesn't work. The speaking doesn't work for me. Getting on podcast doesn't work for me. Having a PR agency, this doesn't work for me when it's actually, no, you didn't stick. You didn't have a goal or you didn't stick to the goal. I always love to, I'm a big believer in pretty much every area of my life in reverse engineering. Yes. What's the ultimate goal we want to create? All right. What's everything we need to do backwards to be able to get there? Yes, I do the same. And it helps create so much focus. And one of the things that, you know, for online business owners and entrepreneurs and small business owners, we're so passionate. We have multi-passionate. We can have that shiny object squirrel syndrome going on. But when we start with the end in mind, we can say, okay, does this thing help me achieve that? Okay, no, that's a tangent. So I like this, but I'm going to park it for later because this is the eye on the prize right now. Right. And sticking to that eye on the prize. What's the ladder of publicity and how do you climb it? (laughs) So I have only child syndrome. You can throw me on stage in front of 3000 people and I will waltz up there and be like, Hey, everyone, put your phones down, pay attention to me. I'm here. And I realize that for everybody, that might not be the case. That might be terrifying. So something I advise for people as they're getting their feet wet with getting visibility and exposure is to climb the ladder of publicity. And this is a way that you can build your confidence while getting out there and building that healthy media mix that we talked about at the beginning of this conversation. So at the very bottom of the ladder, that first step on your way up is written media. This is having an article written about you. So maybe you're being interviewed or maybe you are writing an article and contributing it to a website or you're writing a guest blog post. So this could show up on a blog, a website, a magazine, a newspaper, um, whatever kind of written platform where someone's going to read this content, print or digital. I like this as a way to get started with being seen because this allows you to build your confidence. This allows you to work on that messaging. This allows your perfectionist to come out and play and win. You know, you can write that article, say, okay, I'm going to look at that again in 48 hours, see if I still like it. I'm going to pass it over to Aunt Sally, see if she has any feedback on it. And when you feel confident, you can hit submit on that article. Um, So this is a great way to get your feet wet with getting out there. If somebody's searching your name, now this is showing up in various places. And for someone who's like, okay, how can I get started, you know, writing articles for something bigger than my own blog, for example, simply go on Google and type in write for us, W-R-I-T-E for us and your industry, write for us relationships, write for us money, write for us keto. And you're going to find a bunch of websites that are looking for expert contributors like yourself. And they may not be the biggest, sexiest names, but it's a great place to get started. So this is the first step on the ladder of publicity. Oh, I love that. So everybody, make sure you write that down. Go to Google and hit write for us, whatever your industry is. I love that. That was That's gold. That's gold awesome. for everybody who's listening. So- You're going to get a bunch of results given right there to you. Let that be something you take from this episode that lets you create transformation in your business. And it wasn't just 30 minutes of listening to great content. Right. So once you've done that, let's move up to the next step. Let's start climbing this ladder. Um, The next step up is audio media. uh, People like to consume content, maybe by listening to the local radio station. Maybe they're listening to a podcast like this. Maybe they're listening to Clubhouse. Audio content is a great way to now have a conversation, practice your messaging, dial it in. We've all talked to someone before. 
I'm yes. sure you can do that. This is a great one. A lot of the time you're off camera. Personally, I like on podcasts when we're on, on video as well, because we can tell when the other person's about to talk and we can gauge it. And that allows for a better, uh, you know, a riff off of one another, if you will. But there are a lot of podcasts. I've done a few this week where there's no visual whatsoever. I could be walking around in my pajamas and no one would be the wiser. And you can definitely do that with Clubhouse. So this is a great way to start having those conversations, practicing that messaging. Maybe it's live, maybe it's pre-recorded, but you're really strengthening your message as you go and get into the world of audio media. And it, with things like podcasts, for example, I love that they do the work forever for you. At Narcissistic Moment, I looked my name up on Google Podcasts last night and I was scrolling through and I'm like, oh, I did that call in 2016. That is so cool that that conversation is still it's doing the still work. there. So it's powerful to create that kind of evergreen content through audio. So before we continue with the, uh, with the latter, what are your thoughts on Clubhouse? I get a lot of questions about Clubhouse. Yeah, you know what? Social media, Clubhouse is a form of social media to me. Um, it's, I, I'm not the biggest person who's going to be on it. It's, I'm consistent with my Facebook group. I'm working on being consistent on Instagram. For me, I'm not about to throw another one into the mix. Uh, right. When it first came out, I was listening to it. I, I, I'm on Android, so I didn't have access. I'm like, Steve, give me your iPad. Like, should I go buy another phone? Mom, can I use your iPhone? <laughs> and then, you know, that kind of died down. So it's not my place, but for people who go all in, for people who make it one of their key three platforms, there's going to be a result. I think, you know, there's a case for everything. For someone, Pinterest is the thing that grew their business. For someone else, Clubhouse is the thing. For someone else, it's you. I agree. So whatever that platform is, go all in. I just know Clubhouse isn't, just, isn't the one for me. Yeah. And just stick with whatever your platform is, you know, instead of, you know, like you only spend like a week on IG lives and you realize this doesn't work. And so you jump over to something else. I mean, it's just like yo-yo dieting. Let me do the keto diet. Let me do the low carb diet. Let me do the South beach diet. Like mm-hmm. something works when you work it. Exactly. South Beach, second year university for me. Uh, Isn't it crazy that we can all bond over those things we did back in the day? That's right. That's right. So is there any more to the ladder? Yes, we have one final step up. And I'm sure as you can guess, if we started with written media and we moved up to audio media, the third step up is now getting into visual media where people can see you. This is so powerful, arguably the most powerful type because people are getting a sense of your energy. They're building connection. They're understanding who you are versus words on a page where there isn't that energetic match of, I like her. I dig the way she comes across. Um, You know, people, I remember hearing from a coach one time, people don't buy coaching, they buy coaches. You know, there are bunch of people teaching publicity out there, but someone's might jive better with my energetic sense of you. Someone might jive better with my friend, Christina's like super laid back chills at sense of energy. So this is a way for you to start being seen different ways of getting visual media and being seen. You know, back when I was uh, in a PR agency, we only had television back in the day and maybe live stages and conferences, but now that could be doing a Facebook live in somebody else's group. It could do be doing a guest training in someone else's group. Right. Maybe you're going to do an Instagram live on somebody else's platform. So how can you get visual um, content out there, but not just on your own platform? We want to get in front of new audiences. So this is now being seen by other people. OPP. OPP, OPA. That's right. Same language. Exactly. Same thing. Get on other people's platforms, be seen by other people's audiences, you know, and just, and serve those other, those other audiences and those other people. 
100%. So it's all about, and even if you have one of each of those strategies, one guest blog post floating out there on the internet, one podcast interview that has longevity and keeps doing the work for you, one, um, you know, I can encourage it to be on a public platform. So, you know, if you can do a local spot on your TV station in your city, honestly, I had people who've never been on TV before get on in two weeks and then becoming recurring guest ex- experts way easier than you think. Um, that's a great way to have your name out there. And other people, when they search you, they're going to be like, oh, this person is not just any other business owner. They're not just any other coach. They're the person that people go to for expertise on this topic. And now you're really, it's the difference between saying, hey, look at me, I'm great versus someone else saying, hey, look at them. They're great. You know, I just recently finished up um, the first, um, the January class of signature speech. And one of the ladies in there is, um, she's from Australia and she's, she's a big advocate for children's nutrition. And within the, you know, like, and so I'm teaching people how to write their, write and tell their signature speech. And she used bits and pieces of it and reached out to a radio station. And so they had her on and they said, would you come back next week? Sure. So she was, went back again. And then she said, she goes, after that second time, she goes, they called her this, that afternoon and said, can we give you a 20 minute segment, a weekly segment, all your own. And so she was like, like, not only did did she, you know, like learn the confidence, you know, inside the program, but now she's like, she's using it and she's got this platform that she is using to talk about children's nutrition, something that's so near and dear to her heart. And one word that you said there that I want to lean into is confidence. We've been talking about visibility. We've been talking about getting exposure and that's all well and good, but I stand by that. You can't stay the best kept secret, but how do you start seeing yourself when you're getting all these kind of features? How do your friends and family start perceiving you when you're the expert showing up in various places? How does the industry start seeing you when you're showing up on all these platforms? I remember when I started my business in 2015 and I had a side hustle with my full-time job. And I went into my boss's office one day when she called me and I saw HR sitting there. I'm like, this doesn't usually happen. And it was like, Lisa, we're downsizing your position. I was like, oh, I'm getting fired right now. Um, <laughs> and I didn't have a big freak out because I was like, I have a side hustle, my income like matching it will be good. And I remember going to the local bookstore next door and I called my mom like, Hey, don't freak out. Just got let go. Got to keep working on this, my own business thing. And, you know, she was like, you know, maybe you should get that master's you're looking at. Maybe you should get one more job before you go into your own business. And a few months later, because I already had relationships and publicity, one magazine was doing an issue specifically about fitness entrepreneurs. And I had a PR agency that worked specifically with health, fitness, and wellness businesses. So they included me in the magazine. I think it was a three-page article, full color pictures that I did with a photographer. And I remember giving my mom that magazine. And that was the moment when she was like, okay, Lisa's got this. And my mom's my biggest cheerleader. She believes in me. She's championed my education the whole way through, always has been my supporter. She knows I'm capable, but that's, proof of seeing me in that magazine was when she was like, okay, I'm not going to badger her about getting another job. Obviously she's doing the thing. That is a great story. Yay, mom. I mean, and on both, both ends, you know, like saying, maybe you should go back to school. Maybe you should just get another job before you start this because she's just looking out for you. 
course. She wants the best for me. She still doesn't know that I was driving Uber in the morning. (laughs) I was for the morning commute to the, like, she never listened to me on podcast. Thank goodness. She'll never know this, but yeah, just to like, as I was getting started making ends meet, I would drive Ubers from six to nine in the morning when it was surge pricing with people going to work. I wouldn't do it at night. Didn't want to get myself in a risky position, driving people home from clubs and whatnot. But I was like, people get into work is going to be okay. And that's what I had to do at the time. You think if she knew that she'd be okay. She'd be like, go get your masters. <laughs> but talk about like, you did what you had to do to, you know, it's almost like, like Uber was like your, um, your business loan and you, 100%. yeah, you just pay it back with your time and think about, I bet you met some of the most interesting people. Oh, I, I remember one morning picking up a group of lawyers from Union Station, which is like the big downtown hub in Toronto. And they had some lawyer meeting, court appearance, whatever, up in the north end of the city. And it was just a cool conversation with like three of us in the car. They were so nice. Yeah, it was. I had a pleasant experience. I was strategic about when I did it because I swear if I did 2 a.m., that could not that could have turned out not so yeah. fun. But right. yeah, no, I had really cool conversations with cool people. It was an experience. Maybe I'll tell my kids one day. We'll never tell my mom. Okay. Mom, don't listen. <laughs> okay. Um, before we started recording, you told me about a program that you, a free program that you have coming up. Please tell everybody because you want to hear, you pay attention to this section because this is going to, this can really potentially change your business. One of the things I love to open up for business owners is how easy it is to get access to exposure. I think there's a myth that a lot of people believe, oh, how am I going to, you know, I need to have a publicist or something really fancy to be able to get on TV or on the radio and a magazine and Forbes. It's so simple. So I love every few months, I teach a workshop called the Get the Word Out Workshop. And this teaches you how to get clear on your messaging so that it attracts the right people. It teaches you how to position yourself, how to figure out the right places to get seen and how to make the ask for visibility. And on the last day, I share with you how to have the confidence to put yourself out there because I swear to God, I could have Oprah's direct email address and the best pitch and hand it to someone. And if their imposter complex comes up and says, who you to do this. You can't do it. Somebody else has already done it. They're not going to put themselves out there and take advantage of it. So I share with you the tools of how to do it. I also make sure that you feel confident to put yourself out there. So for anybody who's interested in joining, you can sign up at www.finallygettheword.com. And it's a free workshop called Get the Word Out. And we will, I will make sure that that is down in the show notes. Where else can people find you, learn more about you. Where's the best place? Uh, you know what I'm, so here's a little, one of Lisa's rules that she doesn't break and she's breaking right now. And she has a few times in the last few months. So take this pro tip with you. Um, anytime you're asked for the call to action, like at an end of an interview like this, and Lorianne has so graciously said to me, Lisa, where can our audience find you? Only say one place. People probably aren't going to like sign up for this lead magnet, follow you on Instagram, sign up for your Facebook group and all those things. Pick one place where you can get people to come and visit you. And then once you're in your world, you can direct them in other areas. So this is me breaking that rule. I shared with you my Get the Word Out workshop, but Lorianne has had such positive complimentary things to say about the pitch that I shared with her asking for an opportunity to share some value with her audience. So for anybody who would like to see what does a good podcast pitch look like, get my template and then see a fill the blank template version that they can use themselves, you can download that at www.theperfectpodcastpitch.com. And you'll see exactly how I write them, change a few words for yourself, and then you can borrow it. 
Bravo. <laughs> I love that. Thank you very much. This has been a great conversation and I'm sure that we'll have another conversation in the future. Oh, this has been so much fun. I always appreciate people like you who are big believers in collaboration because you and I do things that are very similar and can lean on one another, but we're like, it's not competition. Like there are different things that we can highlight for each other. So what a powerful example to set for everyone out there as well. Don't be afraid to connect with somebody who does something similar as you. You could be finding a great future partner because I have a feeling where I am now you're going to turn into business BFFs. I think so too. So until next week, everybody be in demand. Thanks for hanging out with me. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And join me over in my private Facebook group for more tips, community, and free trainings. You'll find the link in the show notes. You can also help this podcast reach more listeners by leaving a review. And as a thank you, each month I pick one of my reviewers to win a free coaching call with me. So if you haven't done so already, please leave a review and you could be the next winner.